This is a Freedom Church sermon and we are so glad you're listening or watching. Please do check out our website, myfreedom.church, for more information about us, more media and other resources. So, um, I was talking to an able-bodied teenager a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he plays wheelchair basketball. And uh, I was asking him about how he got on in his game at the weekend. He said, yeah, I got on fine. I said, what position do you play? Sat down. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can't write this sort of stuff. He, his position is sat down. So, anyway, a few people got that. Um, so, I've been asked to talk about this stepping out, inviting in, which is our mission statement for 2019. However, because I'm not coming from a sort of leadership position imparting this to the church, what Mark said is just bring my take on this, okay? So, it might be a bit different to what you might be expecting, maybe a little bit controversial, perhaps, but it's just coming from my perspective, okay? So these are, I feel a bit like a, uh, like I'm doing a lecture with all this PowerPoint, not used to it. So uh, first of all, looking at stepping out. Now if you're stepping out, you're stepping out, as I'm meditating on this, I'm starting to unpick it a bit and thinking about you're stepping out from something and you're stepping to something. Okay, that makes sense. And then looking at the inviting bit. What are we inviting people to? To what? And then thinking about our unique selling point. Okay. So thinking about stepping out, one does not simply get out of bed when it's cold. I stayed in a young couple's house once near Chesterfield, I was about 18 years old, and they had no central heating, and it was February, and it was absolutely bitter cold. They had like a real fire in the bedroom, which was fine in the evening, but come the morning, you had to really strategically think about how you were going to make that trip from your bed to either a big dressing gown, which I didn't have, or get your clothes on as quickly as possible. And it's not like I could just run and jump into the shower, because the bathroom, you had to go through their bedroom to get to the bathroom. So it wasn't the most pleasant experience, um, but... When you're stepping out and you're going into something new, it does take a little bit of thought, I think, sometimes. A little bit of strategy, maybe, of how you're going to do it, particularly when you're getting out of a cold bed. But thinking as well, my brain then went on to think about a time when I was a teenager and we had a church sleepover and uh, they take us all over fields and all sorts of things. They wear us out the night before, walking for miles and miles in the countryside to then take us to, I think it was American Adventure Park at the time. It's, it's gone now. So it's a pretty full-on weekend. And I can remember walking down this, this country road and we got to this T-junction and on this T-junction what looked like in the moonlight a big splash of paint just like the lines on the road and I walked up, everybody around me and I thought oh, wouldn't it be funny it was a big pile of sick and I stamped in it sure enough it was the biggest pile of sick you've ever seen when all the torches went onto it so sometimes you need to know what you're stepping into and some things are worth avoiding so, from what? So I wanted to just put down a few things, uh, little things that um, we are stepping from, okay, as a church or as individuals. So you can think of this as corporately or individually. So we're stepping out of 
a comfort zone. We have our comfort zones. We, we know what we do. We do what we like, if you like. Um, you know, we do church. We do it well. But we can get familiar with that and we can get comfy with that and we can get comfy with our regular individual lives as well. The routines that we have, the the things that we like to do, all that sort of thing can get fairly comfortable. Also, I think this is a big one, stepping out from sin. And I'll come back to this one a bit later on. But one of the the biggest uh, things that hold a church back is sin in the church. And this is one of the things that we just need to cut out and get rid of. Cut it off and kill it. Okay, Because this is um, it, it holds us back. We need to get rid of sickness as well. We're stepping out from sickness that we are a church, we are a corporate body, we are individuals that need to step out of sickness. Now let me explain that. Is that we know for quite some time in this church we have all struggled for one degree or another to something uh, like a, a sniffle to uh, something far more serious. And as a church we're saying we don't want this anymore. So we don't want to just be in a comfort zone anymore. We don't want to uh, put up with sin anymore neither do we want to put up with sickness anymore then we've got doubts well what if we get rejected what if people don't like what we have to say what if I make a fool of myself what if it doesn't have any impact what if what I say people aren't interested in because they've got their own comfortable life they've got the things that they like doing and they're not interested in entertaining this Christian malarkey that we're so into and on the back of that fear Fear of rejection, fear of not being accepted, fear of looking stupid, fear of looking uh, zealous and fear of looking uh, radical and over the top and believing in fairy tales, all that sort of thing that can go through our mind and that can fill us with fear and paralyse us from moving forward and doing anything. And then finally, from the same old routines and expecting something new so as a church we can often fall into a trap of doing the same things as individuals we can fall into the trap of doing the same things and really hoping that something will change and something will happen but when we put the same actions in we get the same results out now, the first time I ever uh, spoke or preached, well, I was aged 18, and it was actually in Leeds, it was in Farsley, to a minister's breakfast, and it was absolutely terrifying. I mean, like, really, really scary. Um, but I did it. And one of the things that we kind of have to do is almost go, do you know what? Stuff it. Let's do it. Let's go for it. You know, and I think sometimes we find that hard because we go through so many thought processes of the things that, you know, well, what about this and what about that? But I need to be back for tea and I've got to do that and I've got to, I don't know, I've got to dust the house this morning. Liz was dusting our bedroom this morning and I'm like, we need to go to church. Like, I need to do this first. (laughs) Well, okay, yeah, (laughs) yeah, we need to dust. But do you know what I mean? Um, We can put things in place of the important stuff, and we can very, very legitimately uh, qualify it, you know? It's like, we can be late for church, and we can look at each other in the family and go, well, why are we late for church? Oh, Gary had to cut his nails before we go. Because that was so important. I had to have trim nails. Do you know, you find stuff to do to fill your time to sometimes put off stuff, you know? We do it. We all do it. And that's a, a, a song, a, a film, uh, King's Speech. King's Speech. Yeah, thank you. 
Yeah, so right, okay, so stepping out to what? And maybe these are the things that we kind of have to look ahead of. So not necessarily looking at the circumstances in which we're in, not looking at the things that we could fill our time, not looking at the fear and all the other stuff, but actually stepping out. And it's in that stepping out is when we encounter more of God's spirit than we'd ever known possible before. So in the comfort zone, yeah, we've got God and it's all lovely, but we've, we encounter more of God and more of the power of the Holy Spirit and, and more dynamic and more uh, things happening that we could ever dream possible. So we are the Holy Spirit power. That's not to say that we don't have it here and now. You know, we've heard some prophetic words this morning. The presence of God's been here this morning and that's all good. But don't we want more than that? Don't we want more of God's presence? Don't we want more of God's power? Don't we want to see the most miraculous, amazing things happen as we step out? Action. We're stepping out into action. You know, we can busy ourselves saying we're involved with this, that and the other departments within the church. And that's, that can get comfy too. Okay, for some of us, maybe we need to step into serving. But for others, we've been serving a long time and maybe it's time to step beyond that, step into action. And when I say that, I'm thinking about going out into our community, going out into our workplaces, going out into our friendship groups and having the courage, having the guts to say something on behalf of our Lord Jesus. Yeah. Then the serving, stepping out in serving, I just mentioned that already expertise in your field I've said this before that I kind of feel like I know what I know but I don't know where I really know it from and I can do what I do and I can do it fairly well but I want to be the expert in the room and this is a challenge to all of us in whatever sphere we find ourselves so whether it's working with uh, people in in poverty it's knowing the statistics knowing nationally what what the state of the country is in it's knowing where you can find help and resources in youth work it's knowing the theory it's knowing the practice it's putting the two together you know so on and so on whatever you work whatever you're doing is being the expert in the room i.e the two people sat on the front row Okay, with a big player like Marks and Spencers. But the thing is, though, what we do, what we genuinely do, is look at all the things that we don't know. And we think about the gaps in our knowledge, and that holds us back and gives us a lack of confidence. But actually, we need to celebrate the things that we do know and increase those things so we are the experts in the room. Sharing your faith, stepping out into sharing your faith, actually talking about it. It doesn't have to be a three-point sermon. It doesn't have to be Jesus uh, died, rose again, coming back one day, all of that. You know, we can talk about life and journey and talking about how we trust in God. We trust in something greater than just hope that we're going to be okay. Praying for the sick. You know, that can be so terrifying. Um, but we've heard stories, haven't we? Of people that have heard something from God, they've gone and prayed for somebody, and they have been healed on the street, and it's been amazing. And, whoa, what a testimony. But wouldn't that be amazing if that was every single week? Wouldn't that be great? Or every single day. Let's go for day. Let's raise the bar. Gifting, e.g. prophetic. So you sat in the cafe and you, know, you get a word from God and you go across and talk to the lady in the corner or the guy over there and say, you know what, um, I hope you don't mind me uh, interrupting your, your coffee and your bagel, but I just God's given me something to share with you. And it's something that nobody else could possibly know other than God. And it just blows them away and they get saved. Yeah. 
your calling, stepping into your calling. You might have had something that has just been burning inside you or something that's actually gone dormant for quite some time. And now it's time, I want to challenge you to, to take up that calling again. You feel that God is stirring something inside you. Have the courage. Come and speak to the leadership. Say, look, pray with me. Talk with me about this. You know, how can we work through this to see if it is God or not? And then who knows where that can take you. The unknown a new thing. Stepping out often requires us to step into something new, hopefully not sick, but something from what we were doing before into something new and it's scary territory. It's new, it's it's unexplored by you and, and it can be something so, it just opens up a door to so many opportunities. And then stepping into to faith as well, that your faith rises, that hope in God rises, that expectation in God rises, and you put your trust in him, you put yourself in a place where you're no longer relying on yourself, but you have to rely on God. So if you go up and talk to a gang of teenagers, you know, it's going to go one way or the other. And you can put yourself in a place where you go, okay, God, over to you. I need the words, and uh, I need the ripped jeans, and we'll see how it goes, you know? And uh, it gives us the courage to step out when we know God is with us. All right, let me read something from Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 14. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in, now there, there were staying in there in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And we jump down a little bit. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. There's a few little bits I wanted to pull out there. Hopefully you can see that. Uh, First off, this reoccurring theme in Acts is that they were all together. They met all together. They kept getting together. And one of the things sometimes we can be guilty of is making church an alternative option on a Sunday that we kind of might think to ourselves that we could actually think, well, should we go to church today or should we do this today? And sometimes we go with the this rather than the church, rather than the meeting together that we need to do. Filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to draw this out a bit later on, but this is one of the things, one of the ingredients. Is, one of them is, is getting away from the sin in the church. One of them is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then there was a tongue, speaking in other tongues. A sign, a wonder, an amazement of something that God was doing by his Holy Spirit. Every nation under heaven. I don't think you have to go very far. I mean, how many, um, is it a cooperative uh, academy that's got, I don't know, 70 plus languages being spoken in that school? Burley St. Matthias is up there, isn't it? It's, it's, it? There's so many nations in our city, in this area, that we could imagine, just imagine it, one of us has the courage to stand up like Peter, to raise our voice like Peter and address the crowd and then those people get saved. 
I used to work at um, Christchurch in Armley for the youth project, and our sister project was called Meeting Point, and they worked with asylum seekers and refugees. Now, not all of them would get status in this country, but some of them would get saved, and some of them, with that new salvation, would go back. And they were desperate, to be fair, desperate to go back to their families, to their homes, to the land that they love, but not always able to. But you imagine when the, the, the politics changes and they're able to freely go back, and they've got Jesus, and they go back to their communities. And that's what kind of we're seeing here. This, this, God's put this together, planned this so perfectly, that there's so many nations in Jerusalem at this one point in time. So Jesus could have given the disciples the Holy Spirit there on the hill. You know, there you go, go and make disciples in all the world, and here's the Holy Spirit, I'm off. But he didn't. He said, go and make disciples in all the world, wait for the Holy Spirit. And it was at the perfect time when there were so many different speaking nationalities in that one place that that's when the Holy Spirit came in power. And that's when Peter with boldness stood up and raised his voice. Let's raise our voice. They had bewilderment. You might say perplexed, amazed. Wouldn't it be incredible that whether the people come in here or we go out there, that the people we come into contact with are bewildered, perplexed, amazed at what they hear and what they see as we carry the Holy Spirit. So think about inviting in. But surely we need the right image. Some churches might consider that the, the lights and the smoke machines, we like the lights and smoke machines, we don't deny that. But maybe they think that's it. Maybe... It's getting lots of teenagers in to make the church look really active and vibrant. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's having a, a glass-fronted building. That's not prophetic. A glass-fronted building that looks great with big signage and a massive car park. Maybe that's the right image. And so sometimes we can think about how do we sell the church? How do we promote the church? And none of that necessarily is really wrong. But let me take you to the thought of a dating agency online. And people like to put on really uh, nice uh, profile pictures of themselves that don't really look like them in any way, shape or form. Well, first of all, you've got to sort of sift through the rubbish ones. So here's a few rubbish ones that I wouldn't use. These are all me. Um, <laughs> that was pantomime. That's not the weekend's. I wasn't asleep, but I very much looked like it. But you know what it's like with small children. And then a really, really old one, which, to be fair, I'm on the right uh, with the dodgy centre parting. Um, we are sort of tempted, maybe, to use an old photo where we look 10 years younger and will attract a greater you know, love interest. So anyway, we scrap those photos. And maybe we just like... I'd like to have a good look at a, a, a good quality Russian dating agency website. And here's, here's some of the photos that I found. So, so this one here, these are genuine, by the way. So this guy's like, I may kill you, but then I'll clean up afterwards very nicely. That's my attempt at Russian. I mean, what woman would look at that and go, yeah, he's a keeper. Um, what about this one? I look like an umpa lumpa. That's, that's, they're my brows, do you know? That, that's pretty big eyebrows. So, anyway, what about this next one? Weird one. 
for a dating agency, but maybe I've not been able to find a girlfriend for a very long time. My last one was made of chocolate. <laughs> he looks pretty serious. Like, it looks really, really ticked off. But these two, I think, are probably the best. Now, the guy on the left-hand side, to be fair, he's fairly ripped. But if you look closely at his face, he's looked like he's trying to hold in hemorrhoids because he's squeezing that hard. I don't know, but it looks really, really unpleasant. And then the lady on the right-hand side... I mean, you know, I can catch big fish. This, this is really important for getting the perfect husband. I don't know. So, you know, I might not be a looker, but I can feed you. Um, maybe that's it. So, you know, we can try and present ourselves what we think is, is the best image. But it's not about image, is it? And I think we found that in the book of Acts. And we'll explore that a little bit more. It's not about image. So we're inviting in, but to what? Now, the easiest and quickest and simplest answer is church. We invite them to church, we invite them to our our services, we invite them to uh, our triplets for discipleship, that sort of thing, and thank you, good night, and I can put the microphone down. But I think it is so much more than just that. So much more. It is your home. Remember, these are real people with real lives. These are not just numbers out there that are targets for us to go and evangelise to. These are real people. So we're inviting to your home, into your friendship circles. This is where it gets a little bit messy. And uh, Well, so does going to your home, to be fair. But um, me and Liz was talking a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about reaching out to people. And uh, through that conversation, I wouldn't admit it at the time, and, and, and Liz confronted me with this and said, I'm a bit of a snob. And to be fair, in reflection, I think I probably am a bit of a snob. And you look at certain people, you think, yeah, I could be friends with them, but maybe not with them. And that's something that I need to change, and that's maybe something that more of us than just me that needs to change. change uh, invite into your life. So these are people that are not just coming to church and we say hello to on a Sunday, but you're inviting these people into your life. So they're, entering, they're coming into your network of friends and people that you know. Discipleship, I mentioned the triplets and, and uh, into the services, but into discipleship, into releasing them into being disciples of Jesus. So it's not just about coming to church, bum on seat, more cups of coffee drank, but it's people growing in God, developing and, and going on. And then we reproduce ourselves, don't we? You know, in, in uh, married couple, reproduce now family, churches, we reproduce more the same. Um, and we go out and we, we witness to people, we evangelise, do whatever, we talk to people, and, um, you know, people get saved. And we, so we multiply in that way. And then there's your journey, inviting people onto your journey. And what I mean by this is this, this is Spaghetti Junction in Birmingham, you know? And my journey can be going, I was going to say like that, but my journey is probably going like that, and like that, and like that. And my journey is a bit windy, okay? I'm doing good, I'm not doing so good, I'm back on track, all that sort of stuff, yeah? And then we come into contact with people for a season sometimes, not for our whole life, but maybe just for a season. So where my road comes here, somebody else's road might come here, but then theirs might go off, or mine might go off, and then we might cross paths again. That's all okay. 
We're not trying to get people into church and then hold on to them for the rest of their living days until they, uh, they, they leave the earth. You know, we're not trying to do that. It's about journeying with people. And sometimes our journey is just that. It's brief encounters where we maybe can have an impact in someone's life. And they maybe can have an impact in ours. It might be that as somebody comes in to church, you know, actually, do you know what? I don't like the way you do that. And we go, oh yeah, never saw that before. Because we're so in it. So we do it every week. We're in our routines and we know what our comfy zone is. I go, oh, yeah, I can see now, actually, from an outside perception, that doesn't work. So stuff like that. Okay. So what's our unique selling point? Do you know what I mean by unique selling point? Yeah. Like businesses, they have their thing that they um, sell or do that's unique to anybody else. Okay. Here we go. So... I'll read, read all these off. We know the one true living God. Everybody agree? Yeah. Yes. Encounter God's presence? Yes. Prophetic insight? Yes. Salvation saved from hell? Yes. Okay. Transform lives? Yes. Miracles, signs and wonders, healing, etc. Yes. Freedom from addictions, demonic uh, possession? Yes. Family, love, care and carry? Like carrying people, carrying burdens, carrying, you know, for a season, that sort of thing, yeah? yeah. Okay, excellent. Um, I would slightly disagree. I think the ones that I've highlighted here are possibly the most unique selling points that the church has. The rest, and I'll explain. So, for example, we know the one true living God. I would argue that all the religions would claim the same thing. So we are competing in that respect. <coughs> Prophetic insight. People flock to mediums and fortune tellers. Um, that's where they get their prophetic or their future readings, that sort of thing. So in actual fact, we are competing, in a sense, against those sorts of things. Because what they're getting is imitation, but to them, it's as much real as anything that we know. Salvation saved from hell. Um, we can't actually prove that until we get there. And we're not in the business of sending them off early. So, um, you know, we're going to have to wait for that one. Transformed lives. Some of that potentially could be manufactured to an extent. So, for example, somebody comes into church in a bad way. We set them up with somewhere to live. We give them food parcels. We give them clothing. We help them get a job. That sort of thing, you know. Anybody could probably do that, not just the church. And I'll go to the bottom one. Family, love, care, and carry. Um, anyone can do this as well. Anybody can get alongside someone and give them support and nurture and so on. But nobody else on this planet, no other organisation or body or group, have, the, have God's presence. This is completely, 100% unique to God's church. Okay? You will not find this anywhere else and by the way you as individuals are carriers of God's presence as well so where we go into our communities we are taking God's presence it's the only place it's the only way that people can encounter and come into God's presence miracles signs and wonders healing etc I would say that any other claimed miracle that happens anywhere else outside of God's church is counterfeit, potentially demonic or placebo. 
It's only in Christ Church is where you'll see genuine miracles, signs and wonders, Pentecost, tongues, wow. Perplexed, wondered, amazed at what's going on here. Freedom from. Now I've left addictions as white because people can go to rehab centres. But nothing else, no one else, no other organisation can free anyone truly from demonic possession. Other may claim to, but they might sweep the, uh, the house clean, get that demon out and then leaving it wide open because there's no opportunity from anywhere else for the Holy Spirit to inhabit that person. And it's only in Christ's kingdom that that can happen. Everybody okay with that so far? Yeah. All right. What's our unique selling point? One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled with, uh, from birth sorry, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from, uh, from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John then Peter said look at us so the man gave them his attention expecting to get something from them then Peter said silver and gold I do not have but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk taking him by the right hand he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong he jumped to his feet and began to walk then he went with them into the temple courts walking and jumping and praising God When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Wow. Imagine being carriers of God's presence, so much so that you can just turn and say, Get up, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up. Yeah? We go, hmm, that, wouldn't that be great? Let's imagine that. That's wonderful. But actually, it's the same Holy Spirit living in us as in those disciples. And exactly the same is possible. Yeah. The apostles performed many miracles, signs and wonders amongst the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. So they are meeting together again. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. There was fear, there was trepidation, there was God doing something. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. I've highlighted a few bits again. I apologise, you can't really see that. Uh, miraculous signs and wonders it's still taking place and it still takes place in 2019 but wouldn't we like to see so much more of it yes we would of course we would Um, it was amongst the people believers used to meet together as well that meeting together no one else dared join them wow can you imagine that the reputation of freedom church across Leeds in the UK and even the world that God is moving in such a mighty way that people actually had a level of fear and trepidation that God is doing something and things actually happen. More and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their numbers. That's what we want. 
bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits. And all of them were healed. Doesn't say some of them. Doesn't say those who had enough faith. Doesn't say those who only had colds. It says all of them. So, here I'm coming to a conclusion now, just about done. Stepping out. So these, I'll just pull out the main ones, I think, the message that I want to, to drive home a little bit more today. The stepping out from our sin, from our fear. Okay? And that's for each individual to go away and assess where we're at with our sin and our fear. Is there stuff that we are hiding? Is there stuff that we are stuck with? Are we stuck in the same routine of the same things and we can't get out of? Are we so afraid that it cripples us to a point where we cannot go out and we cannot open our mouth? Stepping out into faith and action. As we step out, our faith rises. As we go out and do stuff. Now, I'm a big supporter of uh, social enterprises and all that sort of thing and doing good in the community. That's all really, really excellent, valued stuff and I don't knock it at all. But if we look at Acts, it's not that kind of thing that added to the church in great numbers. It's the signs, it's the wonders, it's the miracles, it's the things where people come running from other towns to encounter the living God. It's those sort of things. And so a unique selling point is God's presence, it's miracles, it's signs and wonders, it's prophetic, it's the freedom from the demonic. All those things that other organisations, individuals, people, so on and so on, cannot offer only Christ's church. And inviting into our journey. That it's not just about getting bums on seats, but it's inviting people to come into our journey, connect with us, because we're not perfect and we're all trying to improve and we're all trying to get more Christ-like and we're kind of, we fail, we make mistakes and you know, we pick ourselves up again and God helps us with stuff. But coming into our journey and journeying with us, that we walk with people, we don't just preach at them, we don't just get them in and sat down, we don't just do the, the awkward coffee thing at the, at the start of the service where people are a bit like, don't know where to go, don't know who to stand next to or talk to. You know, it's not about that. It's not about the, the worship where new people into church do feel a bit awkward, frankly, studying worship, going, what's this all about? don't like singing, not very good at singing, not that sort of thing. It's not about the sermon where they don't understand half the things that are being said, you know, because we might slip into jargon territory or we might talk about things that we think we, we've, we've simplified, but actually they don't get it. It's not about all of that. If you had one miracle in East End Park that was just incredible, word would spread and people would come. So, out of all of that, stepping out from sin and fear, stepping out into faith and action, using our unique selling point and really owning this as a church that is about God's presence, miracles, signs and wonders, prophetic freedom from the demonic and inviting into our journey, it equals revival. I really believe this, that the numbers will take care of themselves if we are a church that is so full of the Holy Spirit that we have that courage and boldness and faith to step out and speak to people wherever that might be, whether it's on the street or an evangelistic event or a tent crusade or in your workplace. As we step out with those things, knowing our unique selling point, because it is unique to us, and we can have that as our inheritance, that's yours for free, but Christ died for it, that then the numbers will take care of themselves.
Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Freedom Church. We'd love to get to know you better if you're not already connected with us. Find out more about us on social media. Just search Freedom Church Leads or email us at hello at myfreedom.church. Thank you.